Hi there, everybody. This is Taylor from the Attack Action Podcast. We had some technical difficulties with the audio in this podcast and as well in our intro music file. So you'll get the same banger beats (laughs) that you are coming accustomed to here and then uh, the podcast will start. So if you're wondering why the intro is slightly different, it's because of that. Appreciate you and hope you enjoy the podcast. That's the sound of an arrow hitting its bullseye. <laughs> What's up, Isaac? <laughs> um, uh, I had a couple too many beers during our Discord party last night. And if you're thinking a Discord party sounds lame, you're fucking lame. It was a blast. <laughs> I had so much fun. Totally. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm really glad we did that with our uh, flesh and blood buddies. Yes, me too. Many thoughts right here in this beginning. Um, One, I was very cranky, but now we're podcasting. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I am no longer cranky. Remembering the good times. Perfect. Two, if this audio quality is sounding different in your earballs, it's because we're having technical difficulties and we're doing the best we can. Uh, We just still wanted to... This is basically the only time we have to do this podcast, so... Um, we are soldiering forward. Uh, three, I'm going to plug our Patreon now because that was a great segue. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you get access to our discord and then our now newly monthly discord socials that we will be having. You have some beverages, you hang out with your new friends. We talk the game, we talk life, etc. Um, and it's really actually nice for us as people who just stare into, I just stare into Isaac's icy blue eyes <laughs> across from this microphone. And then I post it onto the internet and then that's it. You know, yep. I see that there is some sort of amount of people that listen to our podcast, allegedly, according to the analytics. But so this is just a, it's really great for us to get to kind of, yeah. Put a voice to a Discord username. And as nice as your earthy autumn gaze is, I uh, <laughs> I have been very much enjoying uh, our Discord. Um, we have like tournaments, um, hanging out. Uh, it's where I get all my flesh and blood news from because it's like, we kind of just like post the important stuff and then all the chatter is kind of filtered out. So uh, yeah, you, yeah, come join us. You don't have to read Facebook posts where people are like, Ban Briar, Rune Blade suck, blah blah blah. You know, you just don't have to see that. Yeah. And it's great. <laughs> uh okay, so yep, we're the Attack Action Podcast. On today's episode, we are just gonna go with Isaac on his recap journey as he made his way to top eight at the US Nationals first ever. Incredible. It's just an incredible story, and I'm really excited to get there. Um, but first, we got some shout-outs and some news. 
Um, thankfully, we played a few games before so that <laughs> some news came out at, totally. right before we recorded. If we had just podcasted, it would have been the normal pattern of we record and then one hour later, <laughs> yeah. there's a big LSS announcement. Yeah, totally. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, Isaac, you have a buttload of shout-outs. Yeah, I'm going to rattle through these. Sorry if this is, you know, boring for everybody, but we're just going to um, motor on through and then get to the main topic. Um, first off, public apology to Colin. When I was asked about shout-outs at Nationals, I shouted you out, my co-host, and our podcast, which I love. But Colin is a much newer member of the cast, but no less appreciated. I thought you were going to so, say much cooler than you. <laughs> Which would be fair. I should have shouted out Colin instead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My buddy Zane, thanks for convincing me to go to Nats and kicking it. I had a blast. Appreciate it very much. I've told you that like six times now. So, Um, Thor Mike, it's really great to meet you. Sorry I was too fried out of my gourd so we didn't get to you know, party all over Orlando together. Because Isaac was already partying. (laughs) That's why he was so fried. (laughs) Still great to meet you. Um, Everybody who reached out um, to support me on my run uh, was, it was like all very much appreciated. The Sacramento crew, a lot of the guys we've met at Road to Nats were there and um, you guys are great. It was just like a, a pretty, I don't know. I was having a great time, but it was pretty intense, uh, you know, yeah. run over the weekend so you should I, say bay area crew uh right yeah Sorry. totally but, well and sacramento but yeah totally. anyway yeah yeah brooks lives in sacramento i don't know um, if patrick lives there or brishan does i don't know yeah. anyway um i also had um almost all of my opponents were very uh good-natured and very like pleasant to play with but i had a few um that were ian, utter shite <laughs> ian nathan brent and uh michael on chain who were just like I love it when you're at a high level tournament and you sit down and play with somebody who is just like having a good time and so good natured and you're just buddies playing a board game together for fun because it's what you enjoy. And I love it when I sit down at the table with somebody who like just brings that energy to the table. And I like not everybody could do that, right? Because it's highly competitive and you know, like maybe I don't do that all the time, but it's just so it's so appreciated. You guys are the best players. Yep. Excellent. And if you want to tweet at Isaac for calling this card game a board game, it's at Battle Bro Isaac. <laughs> um, lastly, uh, I saw briefly Hayden, Brendan, and Dante again. You guys are great. It's great to see you. Woo! Keep it frosty. <laughs> awesome. All right. Those are all my shout outs. Um, great shout outs. I just rambled for a bit. Why don't you take the news? Well, I was kind of interjecting in there. Just so, oh, yeah. yeah. You know. But yeah, news. Right, right, right. <clears throat> Sorry. I just assumed you were going to ask me to shout out some folks. And I don't have anybody to shout out, really. I, I would know, like so to actually ask you. <laughs> I will shout out my wife, <clears throat> who decided to hang out in the same room as me for the Discord social. And we had a great time giggling with one another. So it was great having Maria in there. Yeah, I like so. hanging out with her, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So shout out to you, Maria. Love of my life. Um, okay, the news. So LSS just published that Arcane Rising is officially out of print, unlimited, and will not be reprinted in the future, but future cards from that set may be reprinted. Instantly confirmed Skullcap will be reprinted Yep, in the next set, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Along with that, so we'll talk about our hot takes about this, uh... After we're done here. 
Along with that, there is also some sort of thing on Facebook about the, uh, what I call it? I gotta go find that picture. The ever blossoming, hold on, give me just two seconds. I'm there. The Everfest Carnival. Oh, right. There's a whole spiel about the carnival. Yeah. And, but it's the, uh, the delightful characters of Aria who yeah. enjoy this carnival. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting. So it's not a party for everyone. It's a party in Aria. Yeah. A giant traveling circus. <laughs> Bravo's definitely there. <laughs> totally. Um, which is very cool. So that's our first little tidbit about the uh, supplemental set. It's maybe the Everfest Carnival is maybe what it's called. I don't know. Yeah, with a bunch of weapons dealers like in the back. <laughs> yeah, totally. Slinging stuff for ninjas and... Conjurers, summoner, summoners, entertainers. It says it in that little thing. I'm sure you can uh, find it on Facebook. So, uh, two things. I'm glad they said, showed that Skullcap will be reprinted so that all of a sudden the market doesn't freak out. Yeah, I mean, that would have been pretty cool. I'm glad they, uh, you know. Totally. Instantly it- announced that. And I'm instantly into this festival vibe. So in one of my favorite games, Inish, you get to play a card that's called Festival. And then you just get like a dope little festival token. And it's so fun every time to just be like, boom, festival, bro. Throwing a party. Hold on. We're going to throw a party. Stop this battle. Nobody can fight because it's a festival. Party vibes only. So I just love that. So I'm looking forward to that, if that's the vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Judging by the young Lexi illustration, that is the vibe. Hell yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. And then that's all we got for the news, right? Like, I think so. Yeah. There were a a plethora of nationals, but, you know, it's like too many to mention. So, yeah, we're not here to talk about that. Sorry. This meta is soon over. And by the time this comes out, you will probably be. Uh, if you're an international listener, you'll be at your nats shredding faces. I would also like to say another thing at the top of the show. We do have a giveaway going on on our YouTube page for some stickers, some uh, Team Covenant promos, and I, something else, card sleeves We have maybe? some card sleeves in the future to give away. Yes. Yeah. So um, there's episode number two of the reaction step. Go subscribe to the YouTube, leave a comment. It can be anything. You don't even have to watch the YouTube video. It could just be like, what up? Or you guys suck. I mean, that would <laughs> suck to hear that, but it can be something like that. And you'll get entered into a raffle. Currently, there's only one comment, and you're just going to let that homie swipe all that swag if you uh, don't hustle over there. So go get it. Yeah, totally. The stickers are really cool. It's like, uh, original artwork on the stickers um, and the podcast logo and the podcast logo on some sleeves um, and the TC promos are pretty dope. So check that out. Go check it out. Go do it. Okay. Where do we begin in our main topic? At the I beginning. Okay. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> what? You picked up Azalea. Knowing full well that you were going to shoot bows at nationals. Yeah. If I just keep keep playing Ranger, someday she'll get a buff and Azalea will be good. 
and it almost happened. Almost worked. Almost worked. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, I had decided not to go to nationals. Right. Because, so that's where we'll start, right? Uh, I qualified through Road to Nats, and then Road to Nats season was over, and you hadn't gotten top four, um, and we were unsure. Honestly, we didn't even think about XP being a thing. Well, I just had not played that many games. You don't need to play that many if you win. Yeah, apparently not. Because <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. only get XP for winning. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but in my first road to Nats, I went two and four, you know, and then did better right. at the other ones. But anyway, it didn't occur to me that... So Taylor and I's invites uh, came with zero overlap. So by the time Taylor had declined, I uh, didn't even know I could go. Um, so then later on, I got my invite... Um, still didn't think I was going, but you know, like then I accepted just in case. And then, um, the chain ban was announced, which for me was great news because, you know, I, I didn't really have any interest in picking that happens before your invite seeds. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. It's like the day after Vegas. Well, that was a pretty good influence because I had no interest in really picking up chain and uh, did not have an idea or a character to get like a over 50% win rate against chain. So spending my hard earned money and traveling to, you know, go, don't get me wrong, still had fun playing Leviat into chain, but you know, uh, to just go like lose and be frustrated um, was not very appealing. So, uh, you know, the chain band did have a, have a big factor in my decision-making. Um, but anyway, I guess about a week and a half before Nats, I uh, started thinking about going. Like, why not? You know. Um, and then, uh, you know, about a week before, I bought my ticket and decided to go. At just about the same time, Lightning Briar uh, <laughs> shattered the earth. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so at that time, right? If you listen to our past episode, right before UK Nats. Uh, we kind of talked about how, you know, maybe some of the brutes would play pretty good into the field. Um, there was like quite a few Briars, quite a few Lexis, but no real archetype really was coming out of the Briar side. Um, and so it just seemed like if we're going to have a lot of Bravos, Prisms, that sort of thing, that maybe. Um, one of the brutes would do pretty good into that field. And then the UK Nats happened and uh, you know, that's like a whole other podcast top topic, right? All the drama um, in the UK and that sort of thing. But uh, you know, we're not going to get into that. <clears throat> yeah. I was pretty set on my Levia list just because I had a lot of reps on it yeah. and it's not, you know, it's like winnable into Bravo, but I don't have a lot of experience. Um, I was pretty worried about the uh, Earth Briar um, build that, you know, Brendan from Arsenal Pass had taken on a pro quest. You know, it was like, it wasn't overwhelmingly positive, but, I, you know, that was the deck I was kind of set on until um, Lightning Briar came out. And I knew that that was just an abysmal matchup. And this deck was, you know, just like slaughtering the rest of the field. Right, like I knew that there would be a ton of this deck at the event, and if I managed to win a few, 
then I would be swimming in mostly lightning briars probably. So I just knew that, you know, I had to have some sort of game plan for that and couldn't even begin to imagine what that would be piloting Leviah. Yeah. And we kind of were like, um, like we had done zero, uh, testing basically. We were doing like our normal, like kind of weekly keep our chops up, but we weren't like getting deep in the tank and, uh, you know, putting a lot of energy into our gameplay and our decks like we did for road to Nat season, you right. know? Um, and we could just kind of had a lot of conversations theorizing about what about this deck? What about that deck, etc. And then it like, you know, the meta kind of crystallized, like we knew lightning briar was going to be a thing. Um, and I think the Wednesday before you left, you had put together, uh, a couple of ranger lists and we just like played two games against you know kind of a generic lightning yeah. briar list to just get the feel for it yeah the uk list yeah um yeah and i played i threw together a ice lexi deck um i didn't have much time to think about it but i just kind of like put it together mm-hmm. and um and actually won that match we played one game um <laughs> yep and yeah i went into lightning briar and it but it, you know, it, my deck did not feel that strong, but it really like showed me um, what was effective and what was ineffective in that matchup, like what my priorities needed to be attacking that deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's what we kind of, and then we played a game with Azalea and it was like, yeah, because I had to scratch that itch, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, oh my God, don't waste your time on that, you know, um, and you know, you, you lost that game and then we kind of talked afterwards and. I kind of got like a little mad at you because you were trying to talk yourself into Azalea. And I was like, you know, I was pretty short with you for sure. And thankfully, Troy was there to keep us on our like (laughs) best behavior instead of like calling each other fucks or something. Um, And uh, he, he was a good sounding board too. And, you know, we came to the conclusion that like, look, there's just no time to really put in the effort. So all we can do is make a decision that has some like ground in reality, you know? Right. Not, not that like, so like your thing, sorry to cut you off for a second, but you're like, well, I really know how to play Azalea into these decks that could be represented, you know? And it was like, we need more than that. Like, you know, we need a deck that's going to, just address the most popular thing and the most popular thing's weakness. Yeah. And so Azalea has some cool new, new tools and um, can be really powerful in the form of knock memorial ground and red in the ledger. You know, that's a lot of cards to find your deck that enable what you want to do. But I mean, Lexi gets basically like a hamstring shot hit. Yeah. For free with frostbite. Yeah. Um, it's just like, and it's a lot more flexible of a deck because of Voltaire. Um, there's like no denying, you know, that in of itself. Yeah. Voltaire enables cards like three of a kind, et cetera. It's just like, you know, as much as I uh, <laughs> want my loyalty to Azalea to carry me to the national championship, you know, it, it reality also has to set in a little bit. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, the 
Oh, crap. What was my point? I had a great point here um, that I am 100% blanking on. Oh, this is it. Uh, if you want to know the real specifics of this uh, Ice Lexi deck, go check out our YouTube page. Oh, yeah. We made a deck tech that's like close to an hour long or something. Yeah, so yeah. It's pretty detailed and <clears throat> Isaac gives you, you know, all of his theory and strategy and things he would change after having played at nationals and that sort of thing. And right. talks about what the like best combos are and that sort of stuff. So if you want to pick this up, that's uh, your, your kind of baseline deck we got for you over there. Um, <clears throat> also, so right before this Wednesday, um, I had played a lightning Lexi list into um, a, a list that you were running. That's close to Brendan's yeah. earth briar. Um, and, it was just like so obvious that Lightning Lexi is awesome, but because of embodiment tokens, I just lose the aggro race, right? Like, you know, I block with a card sometimes, and so does Briar, but Briar's blocks for six, so yeah, or, I just lose. Or, or just even four, yeah. you know, and um, blocks for two. <laughs> so that was, uh, and just the value of Channel Mount Heroic in that deck, um, Anyway, like shattered my lightning Lexi dreams. <laughs> yeah. Pretty quick there. Yeah, totally. Um, but then I had this funny moment. So that Wednesday after we'd played twice and um, I didn't have time for any more games or anything, but that Wednesday afternoon, I like sat down for a couple hours and like laid out my cards and thought about the deck and all that. Um, just trying to really like prioritize my ratios and like um, consider everything, right? Like, Ice, resource curve, uh, threat density, you know, potency, card flexibility, functionality, you know, like <laughs> all of this stuff. Bunch of adjectives. Yeah, totally. It's just like a lot to consider um, theoretically without like testing. So I like wanted to like, you know, look at it and then, you know, take a break and then look at it again and just really try to do what I was trying to do. Um, but yeah. funnily enough, I had a... I had like six extra tails packs lying around that I, uh, you know, didn't have a use for. And I was like, I'm never going to use these. Right. So I just like, I was like tired of thinking. So I like sat down and like opened them. And in the last pack was a cold foil pulse of Volt Haven, which I'm not like a, a omen or a science guy or whatever, but it made me smile. Cause I was like, Hmm, well, uh, as far as omens go, that really is pointing me on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty nice. Yeah. That was pretty nice. Yeah. And, and then just, uh, yeah, and we had a few more conversations too about like, uh, you know, cards you included, and you you asked me my opinion, and I asked you your your thoughts on if those cards were really valuable or not, etc. So, um, you know, we kind of crossed our T's and dotted our eyes before you left. We right, obviously. Um, I'm taking the assist on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Talked you off the Azalea ledge, man. It totally. counts. Um, okay. Also played a hundred games against me as Viscerai against Azalea. <laughs> yeah. During, during the deep pandemic winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like uh, you can go back and listen to some of our earliest episodes. Um, I think one of them is like we do a deep dive yeah. long form podcast about Azalea and Viscerai in the same episode. And it's like four hours long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But who knew that it was just going to be Ranger versus Runeblade, you know, like all day. Like we would play like, you know, till 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning, yeah. just getting 
drunk and pissed. Arc Knight Rattlebones combo versus <laughs> Feign Death. You yeah, know? totally. <laughs> Just uh, so funny. Um, okay, so you leave tell tell me about the the first bit of the event and stuff and just start start going through your story here um so i got in pretty i had a layover and uh limited flight options so anyway i get in i like um get to sleep in my hotel unfortunately at like you know 12 30 at night or something the night before which is okay but um get up the next morning for nats and uh the the vibe in the room is quite a bit different than a calling because there's no like no calling has started yet right it's like just the nationals players and there were some friday side events and some other people there and stuff but it's just mostly the like 414 nats players sitting there and i think most people um are not like tense yet but you know it's just a little more serious than you're showing up for like the tails first Mm pre-release at vegas or you know it's just like there isn't quite the energetic positive hum it's more uh you know tense but anyway so then we we get right into it and i i'm feeling a little off because again i like get to sleep at 12 30 but then i i have to get up at you know whenever seven which feels like four my time and sorry that I'm complaining about a three-hour difference to anybody who had a longer difference. But yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we we sit down to draft, and like I'm having a blast. It's so much fun because it's just like you don't have to sit down with your prepared deck and like face your. You know, it's just like you're not even playing a game, right? You're just like drafting this fun activity. I don't know. At least that's yeah. how I took it. I think some people were probably really anxious or something, but it was just like, for me, it was like a really, really nice kind of fun icebreaker um, to just like get into the whole thing. So I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And how do you, so I think the dual format for nationals, I hope that is just how the game continues. Cause I think it's so cool, so much cooler, so much more fun. Uh, all of that stuff. What did you think of that? Me too. As assuming sets continue to be as fun in the limited format as like Monarch and Arya and as balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, yeah, this should always be part of it. It's just like a really, really amazing format. Um, and obviously you, you draft and you play three rounds and you play in your pod. Yeah. Right? You, you deck build with somebody from a different pod so you don't see each other's lists. You only play in your pod, and then you move on to constructed. So you know the whole thing is like very well. Did, and did you mind all of the extra logistics around draft for just like three quick rounds? No. Okay. Nice. I mean it. It like took a bit, and there was some shuffling around, but it didn't really take that long. And these are like the first games of the day, right? So I'm not, you know, by game eight in the evening. You know, you're like, well, I wish maybe draft would have happened a little quicker. But, you know, when you're just drafting and having fun there, it's uh, it was just fine. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I just assume that there's going to be way more uh, kind of logistics in how that first part of the tournament runs. And maybe that bogs you down for just those three, you know. Day one did go or. Er, go longer than day two, but 
you know, at, at least draft rounds are only 30 minutes. Right. Which helps. And then you only play five rounds of CC. Day one did end. I probably got home at like 830 or something, you know, and you still have to eat and stuff. So that was right. like a bit late for my preference, but, you know, not the worst. Yeah, totally. Totally get it. And then how does it feel transitioning from, well, if you don't know, for some reason you're listening to this pod, Nationals format is three rounds of draft, five rounds of classic instructed. Anyone who has won four games makes it to day two, and then it's three rounds of draft. Well, it's draft and then three rounds of Swiss in your pod, and then five rounds of constructed, and then cut to the top eight. Um, So if you don't know that, that's, that's how it goes. Um, I forget what my original question was going to be. Um, How was it transitioning to CC? Yeah, totally. Uh, It was fine, honestly. Like, it was really weird when you have just played some draft and you're in limited mindset and you sit down for CC. Yeah. But then once the game gets going, it's like, it it didn't matter to me. Nice. Um, I, I, like, thought it did and it felt weird, but then it was just like, whatever. Also, those Briar decks play like it's Blitz, so, uh, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah. It's all moving pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, I know just from my experience at Vegas, I really enjoyed the... Uh, limited games, the world premiere of Tales on Friday, just like uh, a little bit lower pressure. I know it's a little bit different because these games actually mattered, but just like not having to play kind of classic instructed kind of right away, just like you said, there's a certain amount of weight psychologically, you know, that I think me and you have about classic instructed, you know. Yeah, compared to draft or whatever, you know. Definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, I feel that way in CC because it's the format I love the most and you're, like, prepared your deck and you, you know, want to win that round. Um, I also, I did not expect to top eight this event. You know, I was not a, like, well-prepared, you know, like, professional player that top eights events regularly. So I did not feel that pressure in day one of draft. Right. Yeah, so, you know, maybe that helps, um, you know, being able to be receptive to the signals and draft and that and that sort of thing. So you went 2-1 in draft, right? Yep. And who'd you play? Not persons, but what hero did you play in draft? I played like a aggro ice Oldham list, nice. which is not really the best archetype, but it was kind of the cards I was being fed and I went with it. Um and going two ones fine. I uh, kind of brought too few cards and barely beat a control Oldheim. Um, <laughs> I, I had like five or six cards left in deck, but I had pitch stacked for twelve dominate and got him. Hell yeah, which was fortunate. <laughs> um, and then my loss came to one of the only two Lexies at the table because it's just like you know right. nine dominate twelve dom you know like. My aggro Oldheim doesn't really, you know, I don't have those earth cards and defense reactions to keep up with that. Yeah. And uh, his deck was just better than mine. Well, nice. And then, so then how did, uh, good job, by the way. Like the, I've told you personally many times how proud I am of you for uh, doing so well, you know, and uh, just all of the work we've put in to be good at this game and to 
you know, talk through all of the like limited format, uh, theoretical situations and stuff you know and we've shared some of that on the podcast and that sort of thing definitely um, yeah just all of those things have like paid mm. off yeah you know to where you can just uh you know m- make a good meta call and top eight which is pretty sick yeah definitely um and again like in vegas i was unable to do this in the face of chain right so there's like limits to it but fortunately um in this particular meta there is room um yeah i don't know to like target weaknesses or to um yeah you know make the right call and have it pay off yeah and that's something i think um we talked about uh briefly is like now with briar being like quote unquote the best deck and how much easier it was to target it to beat it really uh kind of crystallizes how broken chain was (laughs) Yeah, totally. you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, lots of different strategies employed to try to beat him, and it was impossible. Yeah, for the most part, you know. Uh, Tyler Horsepool is maybe shouting at us if he listens to the podcast, <laughs> but you know, uh, on on a whole, when you look at all the numbers, anyway. Yeah. Um, so tell me about classic constructed day one. How'd that go? Uh, so round one, I sit down across from a Lexi, and there's not even enough Lexis to make a, a <laughs> pie slice in the, the chart. You know, there's yeah. like like 10 of us or less or something. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, you know, I'm not here for you. <laughs> we should not be fighting. But anyway, I assumed it would be ice or uh, lightning Lexi, and I teched for that. Mm-hmm. And I went down 26 to 40 turn one and then won the game <laughs> which is just like how it goes <laughs> i think he got to go or he he went second i don't even remember but probably went second right so i set up and then take the god hand of damage apparently and then <laughs> uh, that's so funny so, yeah Duh. awesome cool um, yeah and then i played uh i forget what order I, I had one loss to a Bravo that day and then faced Briars and yeah. you know, went out. So I was, uh, what, I played eight games. So I was six and two at the end and easily made day two. Um, n- not like at the top tables or guaranteed to make day three, but, you know, in a decent position. Right? Yeah, totally. Six and two is like uh, pretty strong. Yeah. Because we know, right, everybody does the math, and we know that, like, some X and 4s are going to make it into the top 8. So you just basically, you know, kind of have to win those first six rounds, and then you got to do well in the draft, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you you don't have to. You just got to win one game in the draft and then hope all of your uh, CC games... um, Totally. You win, which I, is a tall order. I just wanted to go two and one in the draft again, at least. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, if you if you start winning, then you get up there and you're playing those top eight players in the yeah. last rounds. So yeah. um, getting up there with too many losses under your belt, then you just get too many losses, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so Totally. So tell me about uh, draft day two. I know we're flying through this, but... Totally. No, I totally good. I think um, it's good. I so I'm like I'm not at the top tables, but I'm, you know, like not that far off. 
And then I, uh, do you know, so are the pods numbered? So you kind of know where you stand? Yeah, I'm at like table six or something. I don't remember. Maybe it was five or, but then there's eight people at each table. So, oh yeah, I was 41st overall after day day one. I mean, after After day day one. one. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so I was at whatever table. Right. Yeah. What I wanted to ask was after day one, you played Briars and you beat them all. Yeah. How did you feel about your deck choice then? Uh, better than I could have imagined. It was doing like uh, everything I designed it to pretty perfectly. Um, but just the the power of that Briar deck almost just overrides the direct counter. You know, that deck's so good that, like, it, it's like if you have, like, one lackluster turn at the wrong time, they just, like, steamroll you and win the game. Um, so, <laughs> I, yeah, I had, uh, so I had, I think I had one or two maybe, like, really close games and then somewhere I won by, you know, eight or 12 or so. Right. Um, but on, yeah, on day two when you get like when I got higher up um, all my games became really close right you know yeah awesome well day two happens um, uh, were you and Zane so who was the big spoon <laughs> <laughs> on day two <laughs> no like the night before day two so you you got optimal sleep you know um, great question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zane. Okay, so day two happens. You uh, sit down to draft. How are you feeling? Uh, good. Um, I didn't. I wasn't nervous on day two either, but I was like a little bit more uncomfortable with draft because I was like, oh well, now I have a good record, and I have to like do well in this draft. Right. right. So it was like it just made it a little uncomfortable that way, but. You know, there's nothing to be done. There's no prep for it. There's no, uh, it's just, you know. Totally. You just sit down and do it. Really funny on stream too, because they have like the cameras looking at the top table draft and then they like zoom out for a camera to like look at the whole table. Oh, really? Yeah. And I spotted you. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I posted it in the discord. I was like, there he is. (laughs) Drafting away. It was awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I uh, I picked a channel Mount Heroic pack one pick one, and then uh, three lightning cards and three briar cards because he was passing me some good briar cards, but then it ended up he was uh, picking briar in the end. Mm. So I uh, I hard pivoted into Lexi, and uh, and that was talking to you about that kind of to the wire a little bit. Like yeah, it was like not until. Like pick seven of pack one, kind of. Yeah, or eight. But I did have like three lightning cards. Yeah. yeah. Which function in that. Like yeah. like red shock striker. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. Or red lightning surge. So like powerful cards um, right. for that deck. And so one of the, the benefits of drafting Lexi is at the end of each round, you're going to get past like blue arrows. Mm-hmm. So unlike Oldheim, you don't have to specifically draft your ratio of blues you're just gonna kind of get them right um so that's like actually a huge advantage (laughs) right yeah to Um, identify that that that's a pattern yeah yeah totally 
So, uh, you know, it just makes you less worried about how many picks do I have left before I start getting past cards I can't use and, like, which ratios am I low on and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I ended up just having a deck that, like, I think Red Invigorate did not make the cut. I had, like, maybe nine pumps and a bunch of red arrows. My talent was all over the place, but it was just, like, pumps and arrows, and I yeah. just raced my opponents. It was a pretty sweet deck. You got two red overflexes and two yellow overflexes. Yep. Which is pretty sick. And classic ranger, a yellow is like good enough. Yeah. A lot of times, like pays for the arrow and the bow. Yeah. If you have a pump that costs one, um, it doesn't. But yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty psyched after you showed me that picture. Uh, later, I was like, ooh. I was definitely one of the only two Lexis at the table. I'm sure. Nice. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> But I did I did go down to one life twice against Briars, um, <laughs> choosing to have the guaranteed win. Right. Nice. So I could like block and threaten them, but maybe not win. But you know, we're not even like halfway through our decks. I can just like win if they don't draw a sigil. I know there's at least three Briars at my table and I only saw one sigil, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So I just like you know, it's like they don't have an arsenal. Right. You know, so I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go down to one and then play this and, you know, hope you don't draw the sigil. Nice. And it paid off both times. I'm like unsure if that's the most intelligent play, but, <laughs> you know, like Briar can just go off on you and like as Lexi, you can, uh, you could draw an unlucky hand, right? Mm. Like especially in... Um, in Limited where you have like kind of less tools to mitigate that maybe or less like less non-attacks that like really have an impact anyway. Um, so, right. Um, so I just like went for it and it, it paid off fortunately. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it can't be overstated um, how not good at limited you were previous to tales of Aria, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like notably maybe, the uh like worst of our four friend group but all of the sudden in tales of aria you have become a force at the limited table draft sealed you're like whatever it is about this set like just works for your brain i'm i don't know if it's because it's like slightly more complicated you know the like um you have three talents but not every card in each talent is or essences right is right. is perfect for the two heroes that can play it you know so this yeah, is my the, theory the about your brain are really weird yeah about your brain is that it's slightly more complicated so you just are activating your brain more yeah know? nice yeah and before you were just like not challenged <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> thanks um but it is true i was like pre-monarch i just didn't like limited as much so i'm like less interested yeah um like in vegas when i had sealed monarch i felt like i did pretty well um just because i like by then had known the set so well but yeah, yeah like it helps to like really enjoy it and be really intrigued by it yeah um because i was really really into monarch limited and like talked to you a lot about it you know and you would just be like yeah i don't know i'm just like not very good at limited or whatever <laughs> you know but whatever it was, like, you know, I don't know. Just maybe thinking about the game as, or that there's, that is an aspect of the game also, you know? 
Yeah. It's really, it's like a tough format because, again, the signals are pretty weird, right? Like in the first two picks, maybe they only picked armor. Yeah. And then after that, you know, maybe they're picking a talent. Um, so, I don't know. You might not get any any hero signals for quite a long time, but you still need to, like, pick efficiently enough to, like, you know, make your deck good. Mm-hmm. It just makes it a... Uh, yeah, it makes it a little challenging. The hardest part for me, right, is when you, it's like you've picked the first pack and you've received signals and sent signals. And I don't know the theory is that you're down the line, you're sending the signal that like ice is not open, don't pick her. But it's just like not as perfect a world as that. <laughs> yeah. So then when you open pack two and it reverses directions, then like, or maybe you were picking ice and going to pick arrows later or picking arrows and going to pick ice or like whatever it is when it reverses direction if they didn't read your signals if they didn't care if they forced it early whatever it is your like plan can just like kind of dry up so uh you know i i found i find that part of it like pretty tough when pack two starts wheeling around and you're uh you know trying to stick to your cohesive game plan yeah totally that's what makes draft so fun, though, and it's so cool that it's part of the Nationals format. So it's like a thing you kind of always have to keep doing now, you know, yeah. which is great, which is our plan anyway, because we really love draft. Um, I'm pretty excited to put together this uh, Tales of Aria cube. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and things are good set for it. Anyway, on to Classic Instructed. So at this point, you're nine and two after second round of draft. Yep. Beat a briar. I beat a wizard who in day two. Yeah. Well, he's, he's one of the guys I shouted out. Uh, super nice. Nice. Yeah. Just having a blast. Those wizard guys are great. <laughs> um, uh, but so I have Nolrin three, of course, never leave it at home. And uh, frostbite's really tough on wizards because it, it kind of makes them like they don't have to play on. Um, on my turn alone, but if I can give him like two frostbites and like strip a card or just like the, the effects make it so they're incentivized to exclusively play on my turn. And like, if I play out a winter's bite or something, that's like, it's kind of like a barraging, right? Like they have to make a decision on right. the spot. And, uh, it's just, you know, he kind of came out pretty hot actually off the top, but then, uh, at the end less so. Yeah. And, um, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a tough matchup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. is. Um, and then what, Briars, basically, until you play uh, Michael in round 16? Uh, yep. Yeah, correct. And how'd that go? Uh, great. Just the same game plan, you know, grind it out. And by then, I, like, I was pretty comfortable with the matchup, and I, like, learned the pattern. So you're, like, a little less stressful when you... So this is what you like. I go first if I can. If if I go second, that's fine. But set up a six card hand, take a bunch of damage, start the game with a six card hand at thirty life to forty. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's basically how it goes. And then you like, you know, they they have armor, they block well. Uh, it's like pretty tough. But then by the end of the game, like the last third or quarter, um, they're like out of their kind of potent resources, and you're able to like really hammer down. Um, 
and yeah, it went it went fine. But uh, my last three matches, I played Tyler Horsepool on Briar, and then I played Jacob. Um, I'm spacing his last name, but he's like a famous Magic Bo, I guy, think, or something. Um, yeah. On camera, actually, if you want to go watch that match, um, and won both those games, but it's like it's tight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, it looks like a hair desperate on my end, maybe in the Jacob game, but uh, those decks don't block for shit. <laughs> so when you swing like six or nine at them, yeah, when it's like uh, when you have like all of the momentum and their armor's gone and they yeah. have no embodiments, they and, just have like a bunch of block for twos or block for nils. Yeah, and un- until then, you're attacking their hand and their resources, but like once they have like seven life and you swing big at them it you're not like it's not like bravo you're not just stripping one or two cards you're like stripping their hand yeah um so that was like a big part of my strategy is just like understanding that with no embodiments up and momentum there it's like pretty easy to maintain momentum yeah yeah but and and that's pretty apparent when you like watch your games on stream yeah you know that that's like what's happening yeah and you beat um jacob Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, he wound up with just cards that did not block in his hand. Yeah. 16 in his deck. I saw his list later. Yeah. 16 cards don't block at all. Yeah. Cause he made top eight. Yeah. yeah. He got, he got, uh, hosed in one of his top eight games because he couldn't block also, hmm. you know? And I, I noticed too, like in the games you played, like Briar players were just kind of blocking, uh, pretty early with grasp and skull cap and stuff to try to stop like frostbite hit effects and save a card, yeah. which is like, you know, just exactly what you want to happen. Definitely. You know, but I think they're, they're like, so they probably haven't practiced this matchup much. Yeah. But I think they're kind of in a predicament that like, if they don't use their armor, then I just like strip like all of their cards and keep hammering down. Yeah. If they do use their armor, then they get momentum back and like, or compete. some some semblance of it, yeah. yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they could save their armor for the late game because then I would just kind of run them over, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. I mean, I, I talk pretty confidently, but it's like a deck that just targets that deck, yeah. and it's like it's pretty. You know, it wants zero cost curve and five card hands, so yeah. it's you know with the ice talent it's just like very obvious how to target that right yeah yeah of course like and, and that's what we talked about you know after i had played the deck a few times and stuff i'm like look this is like <laughs> there there's this many block for twos there's one card in here that costs anything yeah they're, they're all free <laughs> yeah totally you should you you know should you can capitalize on that we have cards that do that so let's just do that you know yeah um so in day two on uh, after round 15 you're undefeated in day two yep you're seven and oh all on lexi too because you drafted lexi yeah which was pretty cool which is sick <laughs> and then you played um uh noteworthy calling champion michael michael yeah. fang in and he was on chain in round 16 yeah so Talk to me um, about that game a little bit. So I was like pretty hungry and fried. I mean, I've been eating, but it was like, you know, it, well, maybe it's only seven at night or something, but I was just like pretty fried. I have a hard time at these. I don't know if like all these pro players are just fine, but 
I get like pretty fried. My last game of the day um, is not my best just because my like brain fuel is waning. Yeah. You know, I yeah. like get a little burnt out. So I was like happy to play that matchup because I was in top eight and then I could like learn from it. Yeah. But I was also maybe playing suboptimally. I don't know. Maybe he was too. Um, and I ended up losing that game. You know, it was kind of close, but. Do you and Michael have the same record at that point? Yes. So yeah. you're playing for top seed. Yeah. yeah. So it puts him into first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's cool. It, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty relaxing because it's just like just practice. You know, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Um, I I was so going into top eight after seeing like playing like Tyler and Jacob and, you know, it, like I knew that I could like lose any match. Yeah. Right. Like I could just easily lose the quarters and be out. It was definitely not a gimme. But the deck I was most worried about was Chain. Yeah. Because he's like a little bit more resilient. Um, they all have a number of blues, but maybe Briar needs to play them more. Or maybe Chain's like a card advantage and the Husk. I don't know. Like, and yeah. you know, Michael's a very skilled player. Yeah. So that just combination and me not knowing the matchup, um, I was most worried about if I did, you know, squeeze by and make it to the finals. Uh, you know, I was like a, well aware that like try as I might, I could just like lose. I might lose, you know, every game we play. I was just like, didn't know. Yeah. So, but it was a close match between you and Michael, you know? Yeah. I got down uh, one to four, which I took to like, I was going to like break my bracers and swing with a, a seek and destroy endless arrow. And then he inverted me. Yeah. Um, which I was like well aware of that possibility, but that was kind of my only line. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, lost 0 to 4. It wasn't like a, you know, didn't slaughter me, but. Right. Definitely tough. Yeah. Well, awesome. And then so like after that, so from my perspective at home, I'm like uh, kind of doing stuff, checking in with the stream. Uh, you know, you're not on, I'm getting updates from you. I'm all dressed. Uh, Hilda, my dog got the collar on, we're ready to go. And you're just like, well, just one on stream. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. Hilda, we have to wait and watch this game. And I'm just like sitting there watching it. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm in full sports mode here. You know, like talking to the screen. I'm the only person in the house. (laughs) Hilda's like on the ground looking at me the whole time. Daggers like, aren't we going somewhere? (laughs) Um, And there's that one point where Jacob has your going back to that game where you played against Jacob. He has lightning press in hand and is like for sure going to kill you. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there yelling at the screen like he has lightning press. Come on, figure it out, buddy. You can do it. Figure it out. Come on. And you overblocked, and I was like, "Yeah!" You know, just like, <laughs> just home alone, just super into it. Totally. You can't hear the audio, but he plays ball lightning, and yeah. I'm like, "Are you gonna lightning press me?" <laughs> you know, because and there's none in his graveyard. Yeah, totally. I think he may have pitched one or like I know he's like they all have them. He's got to have them, but there's yeah. none in the graveyard. I knew I hadn't seen one, but I look anyway. Yeah, you know. And then I'm like, whoa, the odds of him having one go way up now. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Um, and you made the right call, which was excellent. It was just hard because I had pulse in my hand. So if I could have saved one more card, so choosing to overblock means I don't swing for ten next turn. Yeah, um, I just swing for six. So like. 
overblocking costing me plus four and probably winning the game on the spot was like a tough call. Yeah, but it's but the it right is, call. Yeah, 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 because you don't you can't get blown out right there and yeah. lose the game on the spot if you don't block. So that was great. And my thought process is, well, I have to break my bracers so I don't have any barrier anymore. But my thought process is just like I overblock this, you know, and then I'm gonna like threaten him for six anyway, which is not ideal. But again, like they're he'll get no embodiments and those decks don't block. Yeah. And it's like three cards. Yeah. That he'll probably have to block with. Yeah. yeah. So then he, he has no momentum to then kill me. Yeah. Um, which was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, to, to, a, to watch that a happen. Game. Yeah. I'm telling you that matchup is still so tight. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like those players are very good. <laughs> yeah. I, and so then I go on my walk with my dog and just the whole time, like I chose to, uh, instead of go to this place that doesn't have cell phone service next to my house, I went to a place that had cell phone service <laughs> nice. so I could continue to get updates. <laughs> and I just like normally put on a podcast or something and zone out, but I just was like walking and just thinking about like, oh my God, Isaac is is making top eight. Like, you know, just still super into it. Um, and, uh, you know, and then we had talked a little bit um, after the tournament and stuff and then you're into uh top eight second seed incredible what yeah. two test games <laughs> yeah i was like pretty blown away yeah um, I, I i think it's a it's a real testament to and i think i said this earlier in the podcast but i just want to reiterate the like skill at which you and i like operate at you know what i mean <laughs> Like to Thanks. toot our own horn here, like you know, we're not some like, uh, you know, if if you're an old time listener, you know, we've been you know podcasting for over a year, been playing games, you know, and then you know, as soon as we get into the competitive scene, we're like doing well already, you know, and even though at the Nats format, doing doing well in uh, draft and classic instructed, which is a huge advantage, right? If you can be good at draft. Because you really yeah. separated yourself from the pack right there. You go from six, six and two to nine and two. That's like a huge uh, boon you just like gave yourself. Yeah, you know? and I don't think you can realistically go one and two in both drafts and like expect a top eight. Yeah, I mean maybe if you somehow win out, but it's just like you can't expect to win every game. So um, yeah, um, you gotta you gotta be yeah. good at both for sure i'll tell you that like all of those uh azalea reps for a year like really paid off totally like the different characters play very differently compared to the other character but the classes play more similarly <laughs> totally. to each other than that you know it's like it definitely um it definitely has the same feel and uh takes some of the put some of the decision making on autopilot really helps. yeah it doesn't feel that way in my favorite class runeblade I have three separate heroes that play extremely different. Hmm. So like my, uh, you know, nine month bender on Viscerai does not prepare you for how to play chain whatsoever. You know, I mean, Lexi is like extremely different, but it's just like being comfortable with the bow mechanic. Yeah. Just like like all of those little things. And that's like super, super unique. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's probably pays off a little bit, which is good. Um, okay, top eight. You make it. You're the second seed. You're going to play. Uh, and I'm actually nervous for the first time, like Sunday morning. Yeah. I like, I woke up at six Eastern time. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I slept like six or whatever hour. Like it was fine. Totally. But um, 
a gentleman's yeah, and amount. I, I like uh, still had no illusion. You know, like I even knew if I beat the Briars, I like might probably lose to Chain or something. I had, like no illusions about winning the whole thing still. But uh, you know, for I guess because going into day two, you're still not like top eight. You're still yeah. so far away. You have no idea what's going to happen. It, so it still doesn't. Yeah. really you have to draft so going into top eight was the first time like the game uh like mattered yeah you totally. know and plus like all of a sudden you can plot out your path like okay if this person wins and i win i play them or right. you know all of these scenarios and you're like okay well if i just win what's the likelihood i play this player you know so then it just like adds a lot more um reality to i suppose your your play and that sort of thing what i most wanted to do was uh if i so if i win my quarterfinal game i most likely uh play Tarek. yeah um who's like the best player on briar yeah as we see national champ Um, so i was like looking forward to you know i knew like by my previous games that uh i would have like zero advantage but could win you Mm -hmm. know so um I was just kind of hoping to like play that matchup to see how it would go. Yeah. Uh, but all right. You've everybody's waited a whole hour to get to this moment. Let's talk about your quarterfinal game against Deegan. Yep. Tell uh, me about it, baby. I mean, it just goes the same, right? I like go down on life. I like chip through his armor. Um, you know, it, it's like kind of like, a delicate decision-making process because you it's like I so I have to chip I have to chip his armor away without like having as many effects right and I have to whittle down his life to get it so like pretty soon he starts to like having to block mm-hmm. um but it, I don't know it's it's like I'm he blocks with equipment and I'm like having less control and he just like or, you know, Briar in general, just comes at you with these huge hands. So you have to, like, preserve your life enough that you make it to this end game that you're, like, you know, (laughs) planning for. Um, So, you know, I think there was one time where, I don't know, I'm down so many life, and then he, like, swings a bunch more. But, so he doesn't have an arsenal. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just take it, right? So then it, it it's like 16 to 24 or something like that. Yeah. And all I do is swing back seven. But I've made a frostbite. Maybe I played a winter's bite also or something. But like... Yeah, I can't remember the specific... Maybe, oh, no, line. I play a blue ice quake. But so I made a frostbite. I play a blue ice quake into an arrow. But it's like threatening another frostbite, threatening uh, a card out of hand because it's a chilling. Chilling and ice. then I get an, uh, an arsenal. And he has no arsenal, limited equipment at this point. But it's, like, really hard to make that call to, like, threaten something he can maybe push through and only seven damage and just, like, go down so far. But, yeah. anyway, that's just a good example of uh, <laughs> how the matchup goes. Yeah, and, um, you know, how it's, like, it's not like, oh, I just take damage and then seize control of the game. You know, it's, like, I'm actually kind of out of control of it for most of the game but you're just setting up this end game yeah 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 so um from my perspective me and troy have been i I go over to troy's house and we're watching on his big screen in his uh like 200 foot 
square foot apartment. It's like <laughs> the door opens up into the bathroom door. So those two can't be open at the same time. His like one chair and bed or two, you know, it's like, uh, it's pretty fun. <laughs> Cozy. Big, t- big TV though. And your game comes up and we're just like, you know, my phone's blowing up as the game's going on from the Discord, from Facebook, etc. You know, so I'm like on the horn texting, messaging everybody, talking to Troy through the game. You know, he's talking to me about the game. And, you know, you, you get off like a three of a kind and we're just like, oh, yeah, three of a kind. You know, you get off the second one, ah, you know, and we're just waiting for your like uh, a dominated frost lock or something, you know. Which does happen in the game, and uh, if you don't know, Frostlock basically means you can't play or pitch cards that cost zero, and all of the cards cost zero. Yep. So he has like three cards left in hand, and he just has to like arsenal pass, and we're just erupted in screaming, <laughs> you know. And so you go on this monumental run where you you know you have like 14, 16 life or something, and Deegan goes down to like two, and you yeah, it's twelve to two. Yeah, and yep. you and you play your third three of a kind, and you've given them a frostbite, and it's red weave ice in Arsenal that you're about to play, and you draw three more cards. And uh, shout out to Deegan, but his body language at this point, after these last couple of turns, have is just so defeated. You know, the commentators know it. People in the chat know it you know they're uh everybody on our discord knows it and you can see it in his body language that he's just like not gonna win this game but then troy's like i can't believe this this is so amazing and i'm watching your body language off of that three of the kind and i'm like oh no troy he did not draw an arrow and troy's like what no way he's definitely got it he's just being careful i'm like no i look at isaac he's doesn't have an arrow and you just Arsenal passed. Yep. And it's 12 to 2. And he just gets to keep his whole hand. And he just has like a frostbite. Yeah, he comes at me with like a 20 damage turn or something. Yeah. And, um, just takes momentum and wins out. Um, a couple of things about that. So in case anybody is wondering. So sure. the threat density in my deck is 28 attacks out of 60 cards. Yeah. So if I have like a CNC in that hand or uh, an icy encounter the Weavice pumps the Icy, right? So I would play one of those instead of gambling on three of a kind. Um, if I have an arrow in hand, I would pitch a different card to play three of a kind to hedge my bets. Yeah, even if it's a, a blue, blue arrow. arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. Pitch yeah. a red card, keep the blue arrow, whatever. Yeah. Um, um, and then I, out of those 28 out of 60 threats, so I like miss on my, I don't have a threat in hand. Um, so then I have 22 arrows in the deck out of 60. So on the next three cards, I have to see an arrow because of the nature of three of a kind. And I whiff off of that also. Yeah. Yep. Which is like really deflating. And I got really tilted. Yeah. As um, you as you said to us, just tilted off the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Tilt it. I was like trying to wrap my mind around what was happening and also like still make good decisions, mm-hmm. which I did not like. Um so in the whole tournament, right, like all, what did I play? Uh, 17 11, games. 11 games of CC. Yeah. You know, I'd never, it's like this perfect storm of with three. Because if you like, if you just draw up and don't have an attack, which is pretty low odds, but you can play like 
Winter's Bite, Winter's Bite, Channel Lake Frigid, and still, like, be very effective. Yeah. Right? It was this um, unfortunate, like, perfect storm of playing three of a kind and then not being able to play anything else. Yeah. Um, So, like, the odds of that turn are, like, extraordinarily low. But that said, um, there's, like, a couple plays around that turn that I could have made more intelligently. Um, Right. I should have blocked the turn before. I had the extra cards for it. I was just, like, the mode in my brain is, like, because I I might not draw an arrow that Weave Ice works off of. So I might draw one Bolton shot or a Bolton shot and a Remorseless or whatever, right? So, um... In my brain, I'm just trying to be like, I still have a lot of health. I'm trying to keep the, uh, you know, I need enough resources on my turn, fuse cards, arsenal cards to like make this happen. But the reality is like, that's not really the math, right? Like I should have blocked, preserved my life, moved on. Um, There's a point I could have gone down to one and kept my arsenal. I was kind of like knee jerk, trying not to go too low against Briar. Um, but I could have like made a frostbite and played a winner's bite if I had not blocked with New Horizon. Yeah. There's like a number of like small decision points um, uh, around that, and uh, I was you know at, like I said at that point, um, I think my inexperience at that level showed, and I like definitely um, played suboptimally, um, especially after that. I was just like because I knew it's like once you give Briar a window, that that deck's just like it's like gross. Yeah, so totally. bad. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have access to uh, reckless swing. Yeah, invert. Yeah, you know, no way to play Sonata with spellbound creepers on their turn. Just no like extra little uh, juice. Yeah, when you have cards. Yeah. Oh, la- last point. I saw somebody asked. Um, I did not get back to my pitch order. Um, I didn't like screw myself with pitch. I pitched a CNC, an endless arrow, and a frost lock for three cards. So that was like high threat density in case I got back, um, which I did not think I would. I don't know if I ever got back to my pitch in yeah. those matches. Yeah. I definitely slow down the game enough that it goes longer, but um, you still don't see your pitch. Yeah, and when you just give up that much momentum with no way to like really deal damage back without like at least three cards, yeah, you know, especially when you have given up New Horizon, it's uh, it's pretty tough. Yep. So, so then you, I lost. So then you lost. You lost uh, in your quarters to Deegan. Um, you know, well well played. Uh, the world was upset for you and couldn't believe it. Um, but, you know, it just happens. Yeah. And thanks again for everybody who is like rooting for me and, um, you know, reached out. Like people would come up individually to just say hi um you know people would shout me out or whatever and you know i like i had some friends there but a lot of the times like people are playing and you're just like kind of on your own so just like uh strangers supporting you out yeah. of the blue is just like really heartwarming so totally. thanks everybody yeah that's a great great look from the community and stuff yeah um hopefully i wasn't too much of a pompous dick when i said we were good at this game <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about that now i'm just really happy with how our first uh, competitive season went. And I'm just yeah. proud of both of us. Totally. You, know? you won a road to Nats. Undefeated. And I just got, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and I just got fifth at Nationals, which is like, 
yeah, not to like gloat, but it's just nice to because we've like been playing for a very long time. Yeah, and uh, are like pretty competitive people in our yeah. different ways. So it is nice to like perform well. Yeah, and it's nice to like. Um, I still feel like we're weirdly the underdog podcast or content creators out there. You know, like, um, I don't know. This nine percent beverage I'm having is uh, <laughs> is getting to me, and I'm I'm starting to talk about my feelings. You know, I feel like the person that believes in us the most is Hayden Dale. You know, he's always like, "Oh yeah, you got this, man. You're gonna do great. Just just freaking do it." You know, I'm just like, "Cool, okay. I'm glad somebody thinks I'm like really good at this game because sometimes I'm like, it's ah. good sports talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, it's just nice to be a little affirmed in the amount of effort we put into not only like you know the game but the podcast to a small degree or whatever now you know anyway sorry i could i could ramble on about my like competitive insecurities but uh (laughs) this is your show which leads me to i have a couple of questions from for you from people from various uh social media platforms let me have it. So we're going to talk about these questions and we're going to get into our signature segments and then we're going to get the F out of here. Sound Sounds good? like a plan. Cool. Uh, okay. So Greg asks, had Isaac planned to bring this deck to Nats or was it in response to the surge, pun intended, of the Lightning Briar showing up at the succeeding and succeeding in the UK? Additionally, would love to know the thought process behind Voltaire versus Shiver. Heart emoji. Thanks, uh, Greg. Yeah. Uh, so the first part, right, is obviously like, um, no, like, it was mostly that Leviah has no hit effects to hamper this Lightning Briar deck. Um, you can't just have three pummels. It's like not enough. Or in theory, I don't know. Um, shout out to any Leviah players who did well. There was a guy pretty high up. Um, nice. But just in my mind, like, that was mostly it, right? Like, Leviah's vast toolbox does not have the tools for this. Yeah. So that was that. Um, Voltaire versus Shiver. Right. We, You and I actually talked to me about this because I sent you a <laughs> yeah. polo at one point and was like, what if I have this, like, Shiver package and this Voltaire package, you know? Like, because is the Dominate worth it, you know? But you were like... <laughs> And you talked me down. My dog's peeking at us. Hi, Shasta. <laughs> the door's like partly closed. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know how to solve this. Um, anyway. Uh, so. Right. Back after the dog <laughs> stuff. Um, so as you pointed out, though, um, stripping cards is just as important as getting damage through. Yeah. So while like the Weave Ice Dominate at the end is just crushing and a huge tool for this deck. Um for most of the game, having the flexibility of Voltaire and the like, maybe stringing hit effects together vastly outweighs the dominate, which only comes into play uh, at the end you know, of the game. At the end. Yeah. Or, or could early if you get a frost lock, but it's like if you have a remorseless and something else, you don't want to like dominate it. Yeah. You want to shoot two things. Yeah. Yeah. You want to shoot two things. Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to Raven, who's a, seems like a big fan of ours. Uh, always likes all of our stuff on social media and stuff. Oh, if it's the same one, I might have seen them in the Discord talking about Ranger stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Um, <clears throat> why not Azalea? Sad face emoji. <laughs> Though I know from testing my Azalea can't slow Briar down enough because of the embodiments of Earth, 
it's basically a coin toss where Lexi is favored. But was there an attempt at Zalia or straight to Lexi? Yeah, well, you heard about me needing to play that match. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the answer is like Winter's Bite, Frostbite, specifically the free one that Lexi makes every turn, and Voltaire, right? Yeah. Um, again, Azalea has like the Memorial Ground, Knock, um, you know, uh, Red and Ledger. That, I mean, that could be like incredibly crippling. But as I know from um, just playing Azalea into Chain, for example, um, you have these turns that kind of whiff, right? Like all you have is like a Searing Shot or a Ridge Rider Shot or like Sleep Dart's pretty good, but, uh, you know, a Hamstring Shot. And uh, it's just like not enough, right? you know? And so I felt like with Lexi, I would have less lull turns. Like, they can both cripple Briar in their own way, but Azalea might have just a few more off turns. Um, was kind of, like, the thought process in my mind. Nice. Um, the, the romantic vision of just, like, charging into nationals, wielding az- Azalea, and, like, beating everyone was uh, was definitely on my mind. But, <laughs> but not this year. <laughs> Maybe next year. Yeah, like, slap your back of your hand as you go into the cookie jar. Like, no! <laughs> Um, okay, we got one last one um, from our boy Jake, the Bravo darling of the Bay Area. Oh, yeah. I saw Jake. What's up, Jake? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's talking about uh, your day two draft, specifically when you pivot to Azalea. So he says, nice pivot. Did you face any old times? As Lexi, I had a hard time getting past their tanky defenses in draft slash sealed. Yep. So... <clears throat> Um, actually fatigue Oldheim is the deck that scares me the most, right? Like it almost got me when I had aggro Oldheim, um, (laughs) just because you have to like deck stack and manage your cards so well while, because like they're a fatigue deck that will just like swing at you for like seven or 10 when you give them a window, right? Like if you, uh, if you just take a breather to like efficiently deck stack your winning combo instead of threatening them, then they just come back at you for 10. And uh, that makes it really, really tough. Um, but I only fought one Oldheim. Uh, the player who had won a road to Nats, like a very good player. I only fought one Oldheim with my Lexi. But just being like one of the only two Lexis and there being at least three Oldheims helps me out. And I, uh, I kind of went full, just the threat density in my deck. I just was able to kind of like kill him before he was really set up. You know, it's like I go first and you're just like pumping and dominating arrows before they can, you know, it's like arsenal their red, you know, defense reaction or whatever. Right. Um, I just, it seemed like I won like first in the first third of the deck or whatever. Um, that said, though, that's why drafting Lexi is so scary, because I think if there's too many Lexis, uh, that deck is terrible right. and will, like, auto-lose to a medium Oldheim. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I don't have the silver bullet for fatigue Oldheim. That deck's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, okay, we're going to take a super short break to uh, do some things, and then we'll be back with our signature segments. Ooh, I don't, I don't know what these things are. Okay. The things are done. (laughs) So on our podcast, we have several signature segments. 
one of which is pick, pass, pray. Draft scenario, I'm going to give you three cards. One you're going to pick, one you're going to pass, and one you're going to pray comes back around. Are you ready, Isaac? I am ready. Okay. First up is Entwine Earth. It's a red Entwine Earth. So it's an elemental attack action. It has a power of six, defense for two, pitches for one, cost two, and it has earth fusion. And it reads, if Entwine Earth was fused, it gains plus two. So then becomes an eight. Second card is Sutcliffe's Suede Hides, a.k.a. the PF Flyers of the format. They're a rune blade equipment legs. They block for zero and they have an attack reaction that costs one resource. Destroy Sutcliffe's suede hides. Target attack action gains go again. Activate this ability only if you have played a non-attack action card this turn. Yep. Then we have ball lightning blue. So it pitches for three, costs zero, attacks for one, defends for zero, and is a lightning attack action. And it reads, whenever a lightning or elemental action card would deal damage this combat chain, instead it deals that much damage plus one. Go again. So Isaac, which one are you going to pick? Which one are you going to pass? And which one are you going to pray? Comes back around. I'm going to pick Sutcliffe Suede Hides. Wow. Cool. Um, and then... Uh... I think I'm going to pray Ball Lightning comes back around, which I know this is like a little nuts here. Um, <laughs> uh, ball Lightning isn't my favorite, first of all, as a blue, um, because it's like much more valuable in Runeblade than in Lexi. Um, it does work pretty well with Mark of Lightning at the end of the game if you just need to do two damage. Um, so here's my... Re- Maybe in the past I would pick Entwine Earth first, mm-hmm. right? But... <laughs> But now that I've top dated nationals. <laughs> well, uh, but for this card, I mean, two for six isn't bad, but to fuse it, you have to have a high density of earth cards in your deck. And just the last few drafts I've played have had one thing in common. Earth is offline. <laughs> earth is just picked. So uh, I'm just going to like, um, if somebody's passing me earth, if it's open, great. I'll like, you know, veer that way. But I can pick the suede hides. It's first pick. I don't have to use them, but if I do, they're great. Um, and yeah. So then you pray or pray, pass, pray, pass. Ball lightning comes back around. And pass on entwine. I guess if Earth is open, I pray entwine's coming back, <laughs> but it's just not going to be. Cool. <laughs> so awesome. Yep. What would you what would you pick? Pass well, and pray. <laughs> nice. So the first time we're going to have a little parody in our Tales of Aria meta. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to pick Entwine Earth first, actually. It's the thing that leaves me the most open and is one of the best cards to pick out of the element only cards, right? This and like uh, Lightning Surge, you know, or Entwine Lightning. Entwine Lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, those two, I would 100% consider picking pack one, pick one. Um, they're just really powerful and uh, don't really put you in one camp or the other. Yeah, two for eights, uh, not too shabby. Yeah, totally. It's uh, pretty sick. Uh, I'm going to pray that the suede hides come back around 
they are a really powerful piece of equipment. I think they're kind of like, you know, tier like 1.5 in terms of equipment. You know, I would think that like Mark of Lightning and like Deep Blue are maybe up there. And then maybe it's like Suede Hides is uh, like a really, really close to those power level in terms of equipment you like want to have, you know. Um, and then I'm just going to pass on the blue ball lightning, you know. You don't really need that many ball lightnings. The blue one isn't the one you really want if it's in a deck where it's going to be a resource card, you know. It is pretty powerful if you do get to go Briar and you just like get the Bramble Spark, Ball Lightning, Mark of Lightning combo and they're dead with six health is pretty sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but there's no guarantee you can get all of those pieces um, and that sort of thing. So uh, those are my picks. Totally. And I think that you are technically correct. I think picking Entwine Earth is the the best pick. I'm just like, again, having played so many games of Earth being unavailable, <laughs> I'm like a little bit jaded. I'll come back around though. <laughs> I mean, I really like the Suede Hides and might pick them uh, pack one, you know? just because they're really powerful still. Um, I don't know why he's on a stool. I guess maybe he's at his desk working and he's on this stool. Oh yeah. Cause it's Sutcliffe. Yeah. I'm like, he's, he's probably uh, writing a tome. <laughs> I'm anti probably making some research some notes. Bookkeeping, you know, I, I'm anti stool by the way. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. coming out on this podcast as anti stool. Yeah. Like why, what is the downside of back support? <laughs> yeah totally why are stools so tall yeah you know yeah okay anyway um <clears throat> um i digress <laughs> so our next segment is called board game from the closet uh here at the attack action podcast we love many many games not just flesh and blood so uh sometimes we like to share one of those board games with you this won't be our favorite game or the best game in the world but it was a game that we hope that will pique some of your interests and that some of you will enjoy at home. So today's board game from the closet is Taylor's board game. Thanks, Isaac. I just love it when you do that. <laughs> I don't know why. Hopefully the audience loves it too. Um, my pick, and I hope we haven't done this one yet, is Mechs versus Minions um, made by uh, the people who make League of Legends, whoever that, whoever that is. What studio is that? I don't know. Oh, Jesus. But Mechs vs. Minions is a great pick. Yeah, totally. So it's a, a, a scenario-based game that has uh, programming as its main mechanic. So it has like a, a beginning draft um, where you pick cards kind of off the top of a deck or like in a... Uh, are a number of cards that are face up and are public and then get replaced kind of as you go. Anyway, you go around the table and draft cards out of there, but you're timed. So you can't like make super optimal decisions. You kind of have to like make the best decision and then the next person does, etc. cetera. Um, and then you will play those cards down into different numbered slots on your player's tableau and they're numbered one through six. And then once everybody has played their cards, one card down, then everybody uh, on the player's team, it's cooperative. And you usually have like a, um, 
a shared goal for the scenario that you need to complete. And you will then, uh, any card you have played, you go from left to right, one through six, and do the actions on those cards. Um, and so it gets, it's really fun because it gets really clunky because you're like half building an engine and then you will like take some damage from a minion and then you get like a damage card that you have to put on your like combat line where you're, or your command line where you're programming these actions. And it's usually something stupid like roll a die and on one through two, do this thing. Three through four, do this thing. They Five through six. Totally you know? derail whatever's yeah. down the line. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So you've, you've planned out this whole turn where you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to move forward two spaces, like saw blade these minions, go over here, hit the switch, etc. But in reality, you're like, cool, I turn to the right and blast into this wall four times in a row and then walk backwards two spaces and then that's my turn (laughs) and you have to figure out how to coordinate with the other people at the table to uh win the scenario it's a ton of fun yeah this is a really really good game and i really enjoy this game because it's like like sometimes you play like a worker placement or something and you're like this is just really rigid and like a forced um kind of puzzle like abstract puzzle you know it's just like why why is this like this this isn't like a, a farm or whatever but in mechs first minions are role-playing like i think child students at a mech school <laughs> yeah piloting like broken um, malfunctioning mechs <laughs> so it's like right on point and there's like a good reason and the role-playing for it is like excellent like this is why you're struggling to pilot this mech. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it hits all of, it's also made by Riot Games. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I had to look that up is the publisher. So it also ticks all of the boxes for like board games, right? It's like uh, really beautiful to look at. The gameplay the whole time is fun and snappy. It has an excellent box with excellent storage. It's just not like a bunch of baggies with a bunch of shit in just like a a box. People who play a lot of board games know this is a huge tick. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It has like beautiful plastic inserts and everything has its place and you put it all back in the same way every time and it's really tight and well designed that way. Um, And it's like the the gameplay matches the theme of the game too. So it's it's a, you know, 10 out of 10 in my book, for sure. Yeah. Thought-provoking, fun with friends, you know. Totally. And in an alternate reality, me and Isaac have always thought about, like, doing a YouTube channel or a podcast about uh, games or video games you can play drunk <laughs> or while drinking, you know? And, totally. And this is one of them that it's, like, maybe more fun if you're... Kind yeah. of hammered. Have, and it, yeah, being cooperative also. <laughs> yeah. So it, there's no bitter competition. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, to, I still think that's a good idea. So, like, things about this chat, like, so games that you can, if you have to travel a long distance, if you can do it with one hand on the joystick <laughs> yeah, and totally. drink your beer, it's so much better than having to spend five minutes with two hands on the controller. <laughs> yeah. You know? like, These are the things we're looking for <laughs> yeah. in our uh, beer, beer video Just games. a quick aside. Yeah, like the... <laughs> The console version of Diablo 3 
Like, if one player is clearly going a direction, you can just take both hands off the controller and your character just yeah, follows them. they'll just drag you. Yeah, perfect. You just, like, eat some nachos, you know, yeah. drink some beer, and then get back into the action when you're ready. <laughs> These are those high-end mechanics we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> um, okay, well, uh, that's our show. Yep. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, I appreciate you. Great job. I'm super proud of you again for the millionth time. It's a super great accomplishment and um, it was just a hell of a run and an amazing call for the meta, you know? And if you just get like a slight, if you just don't have that bad luck and just have average luck, you know, you might've been in the finals, which is like aggravating, but also exciting all at the same time. Totally. Uh, Thinking about that game as an isolated incident. Hey, I wish I would have played a little bit tighter. I wish I would have, uh, you know, not had an unfortunate hand, but the whole weekend I'm like, so like, if you told me before I would get fifth, I'd be like, Oh, sold. (laughs) That sounds excellent. You know, like, uh, everything was very, very, uh, fun. And it was like great interacting with everybody. So thank you. And thank you Taylor for, uh, playing with me for a year, starting this podcast and for all your support. Hey, anytime we'll be there next year. Watch out. Yeah, totally. Are you psyched for now? You. We're going to yeah. qualify. Yeah, it turns out it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, um, yeah, go ahead and we'll just like plug all of our stuff and follow us on all of those platforms. Um, Twitter, uh, at BattleBroTaylor, at BattleBroIsaac. Um, <clears throat> Instagram, Facebook, at the attack action podcast, the attack action podcast at gmail.com. Send us any questions you might have about anything. One time fan favorite Manuel asked us what type of trees we have around and we answered it on the pod. Um, so yep. Any question? Yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys. Except for that one, because it's already been taken and we've answered it. So that would be pretty boring. Um, Fab foundry is our affiliate. Hell yeah. These are our affiliate link in the show notes. Um, it helps us out, helps them out. Get all your singles. Yep, definitely. It's uh, competitive pricing for sure. And it's, uh, you know, on it is a, I mean, incredible story, right? He uh, kind of dips his toe in the water uh, as an online store for fab. Pandemic happens. He kind of pivots more into it. It blows up. Um, he gets to make enough money and has a good enough business. And he opens up his own brick and mortar store now where he has like armory events and road to Nats and you know, all of this stuff. He's just uh, thriving because of flesh and blood. So it's just really great to, you know, we're still at a point in the game where you can like really still know the people you are supporting, Yeah, you know? And so that's like uh, a really rare thing in today's age and important. So definitely, if you can, you know, buy your uh, unlimited version of New Horizons from on it, you know, yeah. helps us out, helps him out, helps you out on your path to destroying Briar. Um, and uh, support us on Patreon. Yeah. It uh, costs you a cup of coffee a month. Yep. And we very much appreciate it. Totally. Not your beer. You can keep your beer. <laughs> totally. You got to give up one cup of coffee. A month. Yeah, or like that bottle of water you didn't need to buy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just totally. bring a bottle from home. Yep. 
save the planet, support us. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, the podcast is always going to be free. And, you know, honestly, our rewards are cool, but they're not stuff like, you know, we're not doing any sort of coaching or anything like that. You know, we're just providing a community space and allowing you to um, support us if you are financially stable and this podcast means something to you. Um, of course, you get access to our Discord. You're going to get stickers, custom play mat uh, with original artwork that says the Attack Action Podcast on it. All of those are different tiers, but those are the type of things you can look forward to. We have a Discord tournament every other month. Um, I think the next one is going to be a popper format, so you can get in on that. Um, so yeah, any time during the month is a good time to join because there's not like uh, set stuff or whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, so um, get in there, mix it up, hang yeah. out with us. We also have our socials. Fun thing about the socials is that now Mike Popovich, I've uh, now officially on the podcast, he's going to make a custom cocktail recipe every month during our social. Last nice. last uh, yesterday it was the three of a kind. <laughs> yep, which was hilarious. Great job, Mike. All right, you got anything else you want to add there, Prince of Precision? No, thanks everyone. Totally. Good night. Good night. <laughs>